As it happens, it's Mother's Day, and today we have arrived at commandment number five, honor your mother and your father, respect for authority. Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, says, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. We have seen the first four commandments, which all make reference to God. They are about worshiping him. This fifth commandment opens up a series of six that we will see starts in the home and then expands to all others. So love for other people begins in the earliest years of our life as we come to know mom and dad and honor and respect them. This commandment connects two sections. We have the God tablet and the others tablet. But since God is the heavenly father, we move from the commandments about him to those about others by starting with honor your parents because God is the perfect parent and no one deserves honor as much as he does. Amen. We uh, have a linkage in this commandment, in this guardian. Respect and honor are given in the family first, and that prepares us to fully give our honor and respect to God as Father and to those authorities that he puts in our life. Shakespeare said this, the voice of parents is as the voice of God for two children they are heaven's lieutenants. Amen? Paul reiterated this particular commandment in the New Testament, Ephesians chapter 6, and in it he emphasizes very clearly the special promise that is tied to it. I quote, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. He actually starts in verse 1 of Ephesians 6, about the child, he goes through what we just read, this commandment, and he ends in verse four on parents. That's because family in a well-functioning society is the basis for respect and obedience that runs out to all authority and therefore becomes a chief uh, um, <laughs> component of a well-balanced society. Uh, honoring and respecting authority is much, much easier to learn at home. And the earlier you learn it, the more certainly you'll be able to stay out of prison. Amen. Unfortunately for today, the biblical family is rather hard to find. Uh, the goal of home life in perfect theory is to demonstrate the love, honor, care, and respect of the Godhead itself. And we don't see that with enough frequency. The failure of the modern family to portray the love affair within the Godhead is a, a, a reason why our prisons are filled beyond capacity. Today, uh, culture is shifting 
parental authority is something that is more and more difficult to exert because it is now counter culture to raise your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. A lot of actual good parenting has to take place behind shut windows lest a neighbor call authorities and they take your children away from you. Uh, spanking and things of correction and discipline are considered old-fashioned and need to be replaced with ethical anarchy where the home is run by the children, not the parents. Um, <clears throat> again, in terms of modern failures, I need to mention in vitro fertilization, a godsend to loving parents who cannot have children, even surrogate mothering, another godsend to loving parents who cannot have children, the problem being that in vitro fertilization and surrogate mothering has moved procreation away from the marriage bed beyond the scope of covenantal relationships and children are becoming genetic packages to plan and shop for and of course reject if they're faulty. Uh, family is being redefined by our culture. Homosexuals living together are now families. Uh, lesbians inseminating one another with turkey basters, that's family. Gay procreation is a term that's becoming pop uh, culture trend. Here's the problem. God built family on male and female, made he them, and a man will leave his mother and father and cleave to his wife. So the man is to leave mother and father, a wife and a father, a male and a female, and move on to make a new relationship between himself and herself. That is to say, in Scripture and for more than two millennia, for as long as man has history, marriage is a man and a woman. That's it. Today, it's being redefined, but in truth, it's a ridiculous redefinition. What people do behind closed doors is a matter of their own conscience. What they thrust on the entire culture and ask me to approve, that is another matter. I approve God having built family the exact way he did, and I'd like to see it continued, which is why we have this commandment respecting mother and father. Amen? All commandments are made for our benefit, but Paul has highlighted this one as one very significant because it brings blessings to the individual, to the family, and to the entire society. <clears throat> A well-functioning society does, in, in fact, depend on parents teaching discipline to their children, keeping their children submissive and respectful. In fact, so, so important is that particular feature that Paul 
writes to Timothy regarding church leadership, 1 Timothy 3, verses 4 and 5, that a leader in church must be one who, I quote, one who rules his own house well, having his children in submission with all reverence, for if a man does not know how to rule his own house, how will he take care of the church of God? You have to be able to rule in a small household before you can conceivably rule in a larger household, such as the church of God. So it becomes a duty for us to reverence and respect our parents. The pattern of submission that is built in our earliest years will extend out in life and it will touch our relationship with our teachers, the authorities in our life, the rulers, the, the uh, employers, uh, all those who have some level of authority over our life. Indeed, in Peter, God says he wants us to learn to honor all people, but that honor has to begin at home in our earliest years with our parents. Romans 13, 1, <clears throat> let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. With that, verse 7, same chapter, render therefore to all their due taxes to whom taxes are due, customs to whom customs, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. So, uh, Paul is not writing and, and saying that God condones heavy-handed leadership. God will hold every authority accountable for what they do with the authority they are given. Nevertheless, God insists that we honor the authorities he establishes, and this always has to start at home with our parents. Indeed, giving honor to our parents shouldn't end when we are aged enough to actually physically leave their home. Uh, honor and respect, parenthood, is a lifetime commitment, and it always reflects the permanence of the family relationship we have with heaven. That is to be, to be a child of God, a member of the household of God. In fact, this parental role that, that we, we see throughout uh, history and throughout scripture is that God intends for us to honor our parents throughout their entire lifetime, perhaps even more as they uh, age, as they become older. The Pharisees were actually targeted by Jesus one day because of their hypocrisy in not honoring their parents. Jesus said this in Matthew uh, 15, starting in verse 3. He answered and said to them, Why do you also transgress the commandment of God? Because of your tradition. They want to know why they don't, he and his disciples don't wash their hands according to tradition. 
Jesus is saying, why do you transgress the law of God because of your traditions? He says, for God commanded, saying, honor your father and your mother, and he who curses father or mother, let him be put to death. But you say, whoever says to his father or mother, whatever profit you might have received from me is a gift to God, then he need not honor his father or mother. Um, he goes on to say, thus you have made the commandment of God of no effect by your tradition. Essentially, the Pharisees had developed a, a concept called korban, which is that they could take their wealth, and they were indeed the wealthiest people in Israel. In the time of Christ, there were only 6,000 Pharisees, but they controlled all religion and all the economy in the nation. They were the wealthiest people, and one of the things that they did was create korban, which was that they would take their, their lands, their houses, their buildings, and they would dedicate them to God. They would give them to God, and having given them to God, when their parents aged and needed something from them, their response to their parents was, I wish I could do something for you, but I can't. All of that which I control is tied up in God's economy. I have given it to him. And so they made the commandment of God of no effect by their man-made rules and traditions. God wants us to honor our parents from our earliest years throughout their lives and I would say even beyond. The, the, the role of parenting is critical. It's crucial. It is vital to a nation. Um, parents are the only ones who can bring up their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That particular phrase used in the New Testament comes from the Old Testament. We find it in Deuteronomy 6. I'll read verses 5 to 7. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in the house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. Our relationship to parents actually is going to reflect the, the relationship we will have with God. The honor we give our parents will reflect the honor that we will give to God. Those two things are so closely tied together that God put the death penalty on those children who would not honor their parents. He says this in Deuteronomy 21, verse 18, For if a man has a stubborn and rebellious son who will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, and who, when they have chastened him, will not heed them, then his father and his mother shall take hold of him and bring him out to the elders of the city, to the gate of the city, and they shall say to the elders of his city, 
This son of ours is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard. Then all the men of his city shall stone him to death with stones. So you shall put away the evil from among you. You and all Israel shall hear and fear. Honor for parents is so critical to the well-being of a nation that God said it is a capital offense to be stubborn and rebellious, and that needs to be eradicated. And so such ones were, were, were uh, brought by the elders outside the city and stoned to death. We are told in Scripture, 1 Samuel 15 tells us that stubborn and rebellious is the exact same thing as witchcraft and idolatry. It was a capital offense. If there was such a thing to happen in a nation, then all children would think twice about becoming stubborn and rebellious. The honor and respect given to the older generation would be immense, and the nation would have fewer prisons, fewer problems. Few, I, I won't go into it in detail. It is, again, God's mind that this cannot be allowed. Proverbs 30, verse 17. The eye that mocks his father and scorns obedience to his mother, the ravens of the valley will pick it out, and the young eagles will eat it. Exodus 20, 17, And he who curses his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. That's the piece that Jesus had quoted in, in his rebuke to the Pharisees. Matthew 15, 4, For God commanded, saying, Honor your father and your mother, and he who curses father or mother, let him be put to death. Exodus 21, 15, and he who strikes his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. Last one on this topic, Proverbs 20, 20, whoever curses his father or his mother, his lamp will be put out in deep darkness. Clearly, God is strong-minded about honoring our mother and our father. It will go well with us if we do. Our generation will be long if we do. Blessings come upon the individual, upon the family, and upon the nation when we do. Let my last scripture in closing, Leviticus 19:2. Speak to all the congregation of the children of Israel and say to them, you shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Every one of you shall revere his mother and his father and keep my Sabbaths. I am the Lord your God. In closing, I would like you to consider whether there is any issue in your life whatsoever necessary to call into repentance. I 
have known good Christians who did not forgive a mom or a dad for some offense, who could not let it go, and they today are not walking with God. Not every parent is perfect, but God says, honor the emperor. That's when Nero was emperor and was burning Christians alive uh, as uh, garden lights um, each night. That is to say, God does not condone what Nero was doing, but he says, honor and respect all authority he put in place. We must honor our mother and our father. I want to give you a minute for you to think and ask Holy Spirit, is there anything for which I need to let go, forgive a mom, a dad, etc.? I just tell you my personal situation. When I came to faith, uh, my relationship with my father wasn't bad and it wasn't good, it was nothing. It, it, it was just nothing. Uh, that is to say, we could be together, we could talk, whatever, but, but there was nothing. I had always believed he loved my brother more than he loved me, um, it, and things of that nature. Uh, I, I didn't seem to be able to please him and such, so I just kind of shut him out and uh, what have you. He was a good guy. He was a noble man. Um, it was just, we didn't have the greatest relationship. Anyway, when I came to faith, uh, it, it was brought to my attention by heaven that I didn't need to tell him he did things wrong and needed to ask my forgiveness. I needed to go to him and say, Dad, I'm sorry for the way I behaved as you reared me, as you raised me, and such. Um, I did my part, went to my father with that kind of a statement. Um, I don't remember exactly what he said, but we had what you might think of as a, as a reconciliation and such. Uh, time moved on. Our relationship was fine subsequent uh, to that. And uh, it, just for what it's worth, it's, uh, I am so thankful that took place while he was still alive. Amen? So... Hopefully you've been thinking and such. I want to pray a simple prayer. I cannot repent for you. Only you can repent. It's like if there's anything for which you need to forgive mom and dad or both, do that. Do that with God. Amen? Amen. I'd like to pray for all of us. Father, in Jesus' name, you have called us to a place of honoring authority, starting with mom and dad, respecting authority. And for some of us, that wasn't always easy. For many of us, that was not always perfect. And so together, corporately, we open our hearts to you, and we say, forgive us, Lord, for bad responses to the authorities you put in our lives. We forgive them and release them. In Jesus' name, we ask your forgiveness, Lord, for our bad response. Would you, by your Spirit, work in us and in them to bring our relationships into a place of wholeness? 
where parents have already passed and there is no way to physically or, 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 or uh, otherwise make the connection, the human connection, we just speak into that spirit realm saying, Father, we bless their memory and thank you for them. We release them, forgive them for any harm that they brought to us, any difficulties that they created for us. We honor and respect them because you require it. And we thank you that as we do, you can bring us to a place of being able to be the mom, the dad, the grandma, the grandpa uh, of, of our families that each of us might have a whole, a wholeness in our family where we are representing the vitality of the love and connection of the Godhead yourself. In Jesus' name, amen.